On this episode of Jesus Center Stage, we're joined by Patrick Tindall from Iron Man Outdoors Ministries. He shares the beginnings of his ministry to how it's affecting lives today. You don't want to miss this one. All right, well, uh, we thank you for joining in with us this week on another podcast. And uh, those that listen to us a lot, you know that usually uh, it's myself and Elsie here um, just talking about uh, different things each week. But this week we've got a a guest joining us, and and Elsie is out uh, today. She's out working. So uh, it's just going to be me and and the guest. And before I, I get to the guest, I... I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, the way that, that I come to, to know about this ministry. And um, I was back in, I believe it was in September, uh, just kind of scrolling through Facebook, and I seen a, a ad come up. You know, and having the, the Jesus Center Stage uh, Facebook page, I get a lot of recommendations uh, for other ministries and, and stuff. And some of them, um, you know, kind of catch your eye, and some of them don't. But uh, this one kind of caught my attention because it, it involved the outdoors, and I thought, well, I'll check this out. But um, the more I looked at it, the more I seen that this was, uh, and I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to any other ministries, but this look, this was a legit ministry. You know, sometimes I see things out there, and and you can tell somebody just kind of put it together to kind of have, have a Facebook page or, a, uh, you know, some kind of social media presence, but there's not much... Uh, meat in it, and uh, the more I, I looked at this, the more I seen that this is a legit ministry. It's a it's someone who uh, genuinely is sharing the gospel, and uh, so I I dug deeper into it, and uh, the more I dug, the the more uh, I thought, hey, I need to to see if we can get this guy on with us today. So uh, he agreed to be with us, and he's here today. So uh, with all that being said, uh, I want to introduce Patrick Tyndall. Uh, from Iron Man Outdoors. Hey, Patrick. Hey, thank, thank you, Shane. Man, I, I certainly can't take the place of your wife, but uh, <laughs> I'll be happy to uh, sit in today and uh, hope to have a great conversation with you about, about ministry and life and everything else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're uh, we're really glad to have you. Like I said, uh, which you, you know, I guess kind of been trying to get this worked out for about a, a month or so now, but... Uh, this obviously, I guess, is your busy time of the year for your ministry, isn't it? It is. We've had about 30 deer hunting retreats uh, between the last weekend in September all the way till about February the 6th is, the, is when the last one ends. So, yes, November was an extremely busy month for us. Um, but we, uh, man, we're just thankful that God lets us be a part of this ministry and, and excited to, to see what he does with it. If you want, Shane, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start at the beginning and kind of give you a brief history of, of how the ministry came about. Yes, absolutely. So uh, in 2002, I was teaching a Sunday school class, a married couple's Sunday school class at a Baptist church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I looked around one day and I said, where are all the men? I mean, we have ladies in our class and, and God bless them. I'm so thankful that they're here. But where are all the men? And I. I began to look around and say, gosh, maybe it's me. Maybe they don't like my teaching and that, and that, that, you know, we still haven't completely ruled that out. But, uh, you know, I would ask him, I'd say, well, where's so-and-so's husband? Well, it's the rut and he, he loves to hunt and man, gosh, we, you know, well, 
well, it's turkey season. And he's, you know, the gobblers are, you know, he's chasing the gobblers. Well, the bass are spawning. He's on the lake this weekend. So me and the guys in my son, a few of the guys in my Sunday school class, we had this moment of divine inspiration. And I truly believe it was, it wasn't a good idea. It was a God idea. We said, how about we be intentional and plan a retreat for the guys in our Sunday school class, plus those guys we're trying to reach. How about we plan a retreat? And we went to Santee, which is a kind of a world-class fishing destination here in South Carolina. Yeah. And so-and-so, you bring your boat. And we have one guy I'd love to cook. Hey, man, you bring your grill, and you be the cook for the weekend. And we ended up having, I guess we had like four boats, and I think we had about 12 guys. And uh, it was such a great experience. So, you know, I'm thinking about, all right, well, I want us to do more than just say the blessing before the meal. I mean, I want this to be a little deeper. So we stumbled upon this idea. Okay, we're going to fish during the day, but in the evenings, right after dinner, we're going to have this manhood discussion. And none of us really knew quite how that, how it would go. But what we learned by doing these retreats is that you got to put men in the right atmosphere to talk to them about Christ and to really get them to open up and talk about things that we need to talk about as men. And I, I like to say it this way. Uh, there's a store. Uh, the closest one to me is in Myrtle Beach. And that store has turkey tracks in the parking lot when you get out of your truck. You're, and the store looks like a giant log cabin. And you walk in and there's thousands of rod tips on one wall. And there's hundreds of gun barrels on this other wall. And you you kind of have, as a man, you just kind of feel like I'm at home. Yeah. Like I could spend two hours here and not get tired. But if I go to Kohl's or Old Navy or to a department store with my wife, you know, 10 minutes and my feet start hurting. <laughs> so Bass Pro Shop sells atmosphere just as much as they sell product. And they create that 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 atmosphere. There's there's nothing accidental or coincidental about it. They spent a lot of money making that store look that way. Well, mm-hmm. You know, the atmosphere that my Sunday school class was offering was kind of uh, antiseptic and sterile and white and felt like you were in school, you know, and not a great place for men to really open up and feel comfortable. But when we did those retreats, man, guys just really opened up. And what we learned was that, you know what, we're all wearing camo as men. And let me tell you what I say when I'm when I'm talking about wearing camo. I know how to act in front of my mother-in-law, and so do you. I know how to act in front of the boss at the staff meetings on Monday. I know how to act in front of the guys at the hunting club on Saturday. And I know how to act in front of the pastor on Sunday. And what I'm what I'm doing is I'm putting on different patterns of camouflage to blend into my surroundings. And some some guys, I mean, some of us, we wear really good camo. I'm talking about Sitka kind of camo. I mean, we really, we really know how to make it look like we got it all together. But on the inside, our marriages are crumbling. Our job is unfulfilling. We're struggling with some sin. You know, we can't, we're addicted to things. We we can't seem to beat it on our own. Uh, We got children that didn't turn out the way we were hoping they would turn out. And uh, I really feel like, especially in 2020 and 2021, there's a lot of men right now that just feel like they've had their teeth kicked in. Yeah. 
And and I don't say that lightly. I, I I've met these guys, and their whole world is you know they're stressed out, they're overworked. Uh, everybody's paranoid. They've been isolated. They haven't had community. They haven't been in fellowship with other guys. And they come on our retreat, and we you know we do those manhood discussions, and they open up about things that they're struggling with, and and we're able to point them to Christ. We're able to quote some scriptures, say, hey, man, this is this is how I handled that in my life. And I'm not saying I did it all right, but this is what I did. And, and a lot of times we share stories of our failures more than we do stories of success. Yeah. But anyway, uh, 2007. OK, these retreats just got bigger and bigger and guys just wanted to go on more and more of these retreats. And in 2007, this man came on a retreat. And he he kind of stared into my soul when he looked at my eyes. And, and you know, what I'm talking about somebody's looked at you that way before. And he said, Patrick, this can be bigger than just your Sunday school class. And I, I mean, that really hit me hard. And I mean, I prayed about that thing and I, I was like, gosh, what, you know, what should we do? So I pulled together a few guys from my Sunday school class and we formed a, a nonprofit, a 501c3. Uh, one of the guys was an accountant and he knew a little something about filling out the paperwork and miraculously we got approved by the IRS and uh, we got insurance, which was kind of a big deal and it was expensive because if you're going to have a hunting ministry or a fishing ministry, you definitely got to have insurance. Oh, I imagine. And then uh, we went to, you know, if you, how are you going to have a hunting ministry if you don't have property? Well, I went to one guy who I knew indirectly. I didn't really know him, but I knew somebody who knew him. And I set up a lunch with him, and he was from uh, Somerton, South Carolina. And uh, I, I think he owned about 2,000 acres. And I knew we couldn't afford to lease that much property. But I was thinking, well, maybe we could just lease 600 acres. And uh, his name was, was Mr. Phillips, so he was an older gentleman. And uh, I, I poured my heart out at that lunch. I, I said, Mr. Phillips, you know, we've done these retreats in my Sunday school class. We know it works. We've seen God move in these guys' hearts. I said, if you'll just lease us 600 acres of your property, you know, we'll be able to do more of these retreats. And there was a long, awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Patrick, I, I like what you're doing, but I don't I don't lease out my land. And my heart sank and I was defeated. And I, you know, I was already thinking to myself, well, if you know of anybody else, give me their number and I'll call them. But but I, he didn't. He said. He said, you know what? I won't lease it to you, but I'll give it to you for a weekend. I said, 600 acres? He said, no, all of my property. And, you know, fireworks went off in my head. And that verse, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that verse came to my mind. And I said, gosh, we don't need to be, you know, we, we God's got this. And we just need to be working with Christian landowners who would give us access to their property to do these retreats. So that's how we started. And um, it grew and grew. And, you know, come to find out there's a lot of people, you know, whose uncle, you know, owns 800 acres and a cabin down on the river, you know, and, and really some of these landowners are looking, uh, they're looking for ways to use their property for the kingdom. Yeah. And they're actually, I've had them thank me for even asking them to, to use their property. They've been waiting for somebody. They've been hoping that maybe the church or somebody would come and and use their property for the kingdom. And we just happened to be the first one who had ever asked. So it grew. We started 2007, uh, legit in 2007. And then it grew. Uh, we started doing more and more retreats. We started leasing some property as as the finances became available. 
we leased some land in Kentucky and that went really well. And then we leased some land in Ohio and that just kind of grew. And now we lease land in those places and also in Alabama. And uh, so fast forward to uh, <clears throat> to current day uh, where we're at now, we're doing about 40 retreats a year in about 10 to 12 different states. Um, just this fall, we've done retreats in uh, deer hunts in Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Ohio, Alabama, South Carolina. Uh, we do some stuff in Texas as well. Uh, wherever God opens up doors, man, that's that's where we want to be. And we want to, you know, we're still we still have those manhood discussions in the evening and we've gotten a lot better at facilitating those discussions. We try to provide our volunteer pro staffers, we call them. We try to provide them with good material, like some key questions. So we will, you know, we will often ask a guy, well, we'll text him while he's in the tree stand. Hey, think about one good thing you learned from your dad and one not so good thing that you learned from your dad and be prepared to discuss it tonight after dinner. And so they got three or four hours in that tree stand to start thinking about their own dad. And uh, a lot of times that's a very powerful conversation, this manhood discussion that night. Uh, when a man talks about his father, uh, that touches on a very sensitive part of his heart. And I can tell a lot about you as a man by what you tell me about your father. And sometimes it's my dad was a drunk and, you know, you know, and I turned 180 degrees and, you know, some some of it's like that. And then some of it is, well, my dad worked all the time and he was he he was uh, you know, uh, just uh, addicted to work. And and you know what? We find out that the son often struggles with the same thing that the dad struggled with, struggles with. Mm -hmm. So uh, just really rich and, and powerful discussions about that. And then then we spin it into, well, what does a godly father look like? You know, what what should we be doing? You know, regardless of your past and your upbringing, how how do you want to do it in your family so that you can make Christ center stage? in your family. And, and, you know, my goal is I want my kids to take Christ to, to, to their children. You know what I mean? You know, yes. um, the sins of the father are upon the children and the children's children, but the blessings of righteousness extend for a thousand generations. It tells us in Exodus. So um, that's, that's what we want to, that's what we're pushing for. But anyway, I'll, I'll stop there and I've rambled on long enough. <laughs> oh no that that is that's a, a great great story of, of just how uh as you said it is a god thing um you know with the landowners and and you know that that guy that 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 come and told you that this could be bigger um when, when you said that i just kind of you know thinking about my my life is is sometimes i i have thoughts of you know, maybe I could do this or maybe, but there's, they're usually overcome with doubts and, and, and get pushed away. But sometimes it just takes that one person to come in and say, you know what, this, this could happen. And, and you, it's that thought of, well, somebody else thinks it can too. Um, but yeah, to right. see, to see, you know, or to hear a story like that, uh, and, and what it's become is, uh, that it's really encouraging, um, in many ways. Like I said, uh, I was, um, I was kind of thinking of, of things in my life that I've thought, you know, if what if somebody else had came and said, hey, this can work if you'll just, you know, push for it. Um, and, and you had someone to do that. And now look what uh, look what God's put together. 
Hey, we all feel we all feel underqualified, under equipped. We don't feel like we've got what it takes to do it. And, you know, when you look in Scripture, man, God just used ordinary men to do extraordinary things. Um, and, and I'm no different, man. I was just a Sunday school teacher. And I, I ended up, you know, in 2003, I felt called to go to seminary. I told my wife, I said, I just want to go take one class in seminary and just see how it goes. And my parents were kind of questioning, well, why, you know, why are you doing that? You got a good job. I said, this, this doesn't have anything to do with a job. I, it's a calling. And went to seminary, loved it, ended up graduating in 2006. And then I still didn't know. When I graduated seminary, people were saying, were you going to be a pastor? Or are you going to be a missionary? I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2007, we started Ironman Outdoors. And then it started making sense. And man, God, the story just gets better. Okay, so 2019, I'm working for an engineering firm in transportation business and and working hard, doing well, you know, making more money than I've ever made in my career. And everything seems to be going along well. Well, the ministry's growing too. And Iron Man, man, we're by that time, we're up to like 25 retreats a year. And it's I'm running ragged trying to run this ministry in my part time, in my free time. And working, you know, 40 or 50 or how many ever hours a week for the engineering firm. And I, I began to pray about it. I said, you know, God, something's got to give here. I, I'm, you know, my wife is suffering and my family's suffering because I'm never here. And I had lunch with a friend of mine who who's with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And he said, well, have you ever thought about raising your own support? And I said, oh, my gosh, who, who in their right mind would want to do that? <laughs> I mean, I'm a red-blooded American man. We do not ask for help, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially money. And he said, well, you know, maybe your thinking is not in line with the Bible on that. And I, I read some stuff about, you know, the biblical model is Christians supporting other Christians in ministry. You know, uh, there's lots of examples of that in Scripture. And so I prayed about it and I talked to my wife and I said, OK, uh, I, I think I need to start raising support. And this was about October 1st or so of 2019. And I, I set up some lunches with some people and, and, you know, some doors opened up for me and God began to provide the funding. And January 6th of 2020, I went full-time ministry. Um, I still tremble in fear when I think about it because <laughs> you're never a hundred percent sure, you know, that the next paycheck is going to be there, but the Lord has provided and God is so good. And man, it's just, if we'll be obedient to what he's calling us to do, he will provide everything that we need. Yes. And that's, a, that's been a real blessing in my life too. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I have, uh, I believe I read this on your website that uh, uh, we haven't touched on though, is these, these retreats and, and uh, the trip, you know, hunting trips and, uh, uh, things that you I'm, I'm guessing you got deer and hog and and different things but they're not um specifically for the christian man if if i read that right but these are these are retreats really to bring in people who are not believers is that is that would that be accurate yeah so we can't dictate you know who's going to show up on which retreat but we uh you know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I get a call from a church and they'll say, hey, I want to bring I want to bring, you know, 12 guys on a on a hunting retreat or 10 guys or whatever. And I said, OK, well, 
you know, use this as an opportunity to invite some guys who are kind of on the periphery of your church. Use this as an opportunity to invite them. It never fails. I get like 10 deacons, you know, <laughs> uh, but we, we have a big presence on Facebook. And so we end up booking a lot of our retreats through social media. And that's the ones that's where we get guys that are what I call pre-Christian. You know, they're they're They just they're not atheist. I mean, they they acknowledge God. Maybe they grew up in church, but they've kind of drifted away. And um, it's just a weekend. But we think it's powerful because a weekend can uh, a weekend can change your life and a weekend can start your spiritual journey. And I, I'll tell you a quick story about that. Years ago, I had a guy send me, well, he came on a retreat. We did a saltwater fishing retreat off the coast of North Carolina out at Hatteras. And we had, uh, it was a good trip. I mean, we caught some fish and had some good manhood discussions, but nothing earth shattering happened that weekend. So about six months goes by and I hadn't heard from this guy. And he sends me this really nice email. And on the email is an attachment uh, with a picture. And the email goes into detail and he says, you know, Patrick, you know, just want to thank you for that retreat. It kind of woke me up about some things in my life. And uh, he said, I got back and I, I actually started going to a church and I, I got in with a little men's group. And and the picture was him being baptized by one of the guys in, in the men's group. And the T-shirt that he was wearing was his Iron Man Outdoors T-shirt that he had gotten on that retreat. And I said, Brian, you know, thanks for man. Thanks for sharing this. But why did you get baptized in your Iron Man Outdoors T-shirt? And he said, because it all started that weekend. He said, that's where my journey of faith, he said, that's where it all started. So these weekends can be very powerful. And these manhood discussions can be very powerful because, you know, Proverbs says all of a man's ways seem innocent to him. In other words, Patrick thinks Patrick has it all figured out. <laughs> but when I go on a retreat with these other guys and I hear them talk about their marriage and I say, golly, he's, he's doing something I'm not doing. Man, maybe I need to incorporate some of the things that he's doing into my life. And and when you rub shoulders with these other guys, that's when iron sharpens iron. And uh, it's just, it's a blessing to be a part of it and to see that happen. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, uh, as I said, reading on the website there, and, and uh, you know, I would I would love to, to come to a retreat at some point and that was I kind of started going through my my mind of of you know coworkers or or family friends that are in that place where you know good men but just not um, they haven't really took that step as far as being believers and and followers of Christ and um, you know I think that's that's the idea I believe of of every ministry should be you know to strengthen the believers, but to, to help those others that don't know Christ to, to come to know him. And, uh, I just, I thought that was a great appeal to, to your ministry is that, um, you know, I, I, I was an assistant pastor, uh, at our church for several years, uh, up until this, this current year and, um, kind of had a lot to do with trying to do some men's breakfast and those kind of things. And and I'm sure you you probably have some experience with this based off of the story you told me from the beginnings. But uh, to get to get a, a a a especially a non-believer to get up and come to a church building on a Saturday morning to have breakfast and and you know Bible discussion is is just near impossible. Um, but when you start putting things in there like hunting or fishing or 
those those types of activities um you're you're appealing to to like well back to what you was talking about the bass pro uh shops is you know uh, it's different walking in and and doing something that that you're comfortable with or something you enjoy more so than just going into a, a you know a church fellowship hall and having breakfast and talking about the bible with people you don't know and and stuff that you you'd maybe not familiar with um and uh, as i said that that's just a, a great appeal i believe of your ministry is is a guy that that isn't you know biblically uh knowledgeable or or a follower of christ can there's something there that will make him feel comfortable we see we see a change that happens on our retreats and it doesn't happen for every man that comes on a retreat but for a lot of men this is what happens they're going to kentucky all right and they want to kill 170 inch deer and we got them okay that's we've i think we've killed this deer season alone on our retreats on properties that we do retreats on i think we've killed 14 bucks over 130 inches so that's 14 pretty good trophy bucks there that we've killed this year uh 2019 we killed a 203 inch buck in kentucky on a retreat that was featured in uh, the august edition of magazine which is about buckmasters but anyway the guy comes because he wants to kill a big buck but there's another reason and we know what that reason is we know it's the holy spirit has been working on him long before he ever got on this retreat and we see this change happen around about the second night of the retreat his focus becomes less on the deer and more on the spiritual part of the retreat and god's working in his heart and maybe it's his marriage maybe it's uh, maybe he needs to get his family into church and he begins to sense and feel that, that you know what, I'm not being the leader at home that I need to be. Uh, maybe it's a sin issue. We've had guys, you know, confess some pretty, some pretty serious sin. And, and we've actually had guys go home and sign up for AA. And, and one of the guys from the retreat actually went with them because they had an alcohol problem and they admitted that during the retreat. Um, you know, whatever it is, we see a change that takes place where it's, the hunting is what got him on the retreat, but once we have these manhood discussions, things change, and then the Holy Spirit, you know, God's God's really working on him at that point, and and we're just happy to to have a front row seat to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's what it's all about. Um, I was going to ask you too. You you know, when I, I've looked on your your website, of course, I know you know we're in in this fall season, uh, but you mentioned earlier a uh, uh, saltwater fishing trip. Uh, so is this a is this a year round? Is there things going on throughout spring and summer uh, other than just you know your deer hunting and hog hunting in the fall? Yeah, so it is kind of seasonal. Uh, the 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 fall is our busiest year, and a lot most of our retreats are deer retreats because because that's the most popular. But then in the spring or in the winter, we do a lot of hog hunts. In fact, we just posted uh, I think five hog hunting retreats this morning on our website. Those will be February March time frame. Uh, we got one in Texas in April, and then uh, we'll do a, a Kentucky turkey hunt in the spring. Uh, we are doing a goose hunt in January up in Illinois. I'm working on an ice fishing retreat in Wisconsin. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> if you've never been and you've never done it, I mean, I think it could be really cool. And here I am from South Carolina talking about an ice fishing retreat, but we've got some guys, some of our volunteer pro staffers in the ministry that that live in was in northern wisconsin they'll be the ones really doing the retreat 
Uh, we might even mix in some snowmobile riding and stuff in there too. But then uh, later in the spring, we'll do uh, we do some saltwater fishing down in Florida, uh, down around Steenhatchee, Florida. We do you know redfish, speckled trout, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the summertime, we don't tend to do a whole lot of retreats in the summer just because it's 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 a slow time of year. A lot of people are on vacations and stuff with their families. A lot of men are so. Yeah, we're getting those are our work weekends where we start planting food plots and hanging stands and getting everything ready for the fall. Okay, yeah. So so stay stay tuned to the uh, to the website then uh, for that's right for updates normally, like that. Normally around March the fifteenth is when we list all of our uh, all of our deer hunts for that for that fall. Yeah. So that's a and they and they fill up. I mean everything we got on our website right now is full. So I mean they're we we try to be very reasonable with the pricing a lot of people ask the question well how much does it cost well it depends on where we're going and how much it's costing us to put on the retreat um some of the places we do retreats you know we lease the property and some of it some of those leases are pretty expensive like 40 dollars an acre uh for some really prime land in ohio mm-hmm. uh, but but there's you know there's some 160 inch bucks walking around those farms and it's it's really good hunting so the the price some of our retreats are as cheap as you know 300 dollars for you know thursday night friday night saturday night three nights lodging all your meals the hunting and then it goes up to some of our more expensive um kentucky hunts like for the rifle during the rut it's going to be you know about 800 dollars um, so we're not outfitters. We're not in this. Nobody's making a profit on this. Uh, the only paid staff we have is me and, and I raise support separately so that it doesn't come out of the budget, you know, for the ministry. So, um, everything that we do, we pour right back into it, but you know, millennium tree stands are expensive. Planting food plots is expensive. Absolutely. Polaris Rangers are expensive. I mean, it takes, it takes resources to pull all that sort of stuff off. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, this the ministry obviously is is really geared towards men, and I I wanted to ask you a question because I know you've you've probably seen it from both sides being involved as as much as you are, but the difference that a spiritually strong man can can make in his family, um, just kind of get your your take on that. I that's something um, we've. We've had several podcasts on, and and I've spoke, um, you know, at church on numerous times, that uh, that you know from the beginning God has He has a structure, uh, starting with the man, and uh, there's so many out there that are struggling, so many families that that um, you know go through so many different things, um, but when you look at the difference that a, a a man that is spiritually strong that is you know familiar with the word and has a prayer life and uh those types of things the the difference that 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 makes in a in a family when i go on a trip i like to set my truck on cruise control because it's easy i can take my foot off the gas i you know i can do a lot of things when i'm on cruise control i'm afraid as men we've put it on cruise control with our marriages and with our families. And that's not biblical. We're we're supposed to be leading. We have some responsibility in all of this. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, God gave the instructions about not to eat of this tree. He didn't give them to Eve. He gave the instructions to Adam. And then when they sinned and both of them sinned, 
Who did God confront about the sin? He came to Adam. Yes. So we've got some responsibilities in leading our family, and we cannot afford to put it on cruise control. Just because you and your wife are not fighting every day, that doesn't mean that you have a great marriage. We we got to be intentional about building some things into our marriage, date nights, doing things for your wife, getting up out of that recliner, doing the dishes when she spent an hour and a half cooking the meal and you plop down and eat it and then you go plop down in the recliner. That's not being a servant leader in your home. I got to be intentional with each of my four children. They're all different. I got to do things differently with my daughter than I do with my three sons. I go, I take them hunting and, you know, one of them's on the sporting clay team and all that sort of stuff. But my daughter, I got to do something different with her. I got to, I got to take her on daddy daughter date nights and I got to treat her nicely. I, we got to buy her a nice dress, take a really pretty picture and get dressed up and go out and eat a good dinner. That's it's just being intentional about leading my family. When we sit down at the dinner table at night, what are we going to pray for this evening? Are we just going, God is great. God is good. Let us thanks for the food. No. Who needs prayer? Well, you know, my son says, well, my buddy, you know, he's, he's sick right now. Can we pray for my buddy, Adam? Yes, we'll pray for Adam. And it's little things like that. Uh, teachable moments. Okay. When, when somebody, you know, cuts you off in traffic or when somebody does you wrong at the restaurant, how do you react as the dad? Cause they're watching. And if dad blows up and blows his temper and stomps out of the restaurant mad and asks for free food and free meal, and I'm not paying for this, that you're teaching your kids something in that. Or you can say, you know what? I bet our waitress had a really, I bet she's had a really tough week. And yeah, she screwed up the order and everything. I'm going to leave her a $25 tip because I bet she needs it. And I bet, you know what I mean? You're, it's a teachable moment. Yeah. Um, in every aspect of our lives, and we cannot afford to be on cruise control. I will tell you this. Something happens on these retreats because I have wives who have emailed me and said, I don't know what you did with my husband on that retreat, but when can he come on another one? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's, that's probably one of the best reviews you can get when it comes from the wife, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're wanting to like I have wives wanting to give their husbands for Christmas. Can I can I pre-purchase a retreat so that he, he can open it up on Christmas Day and I'll give him and she's like cuz cuz it benefits me too just as much as it does him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah, that's that's a top top uh well, five-star review when it comes from there. Um we just we got about 5 more minutes if you've got that time. Um and, um, you know, one, this is, I guess, uh, a little off, off track question that I've had just, uh, you know, as I said, I, I've, you know, been involved in, in leadership at church and, and trying to do men's groups and stuff. And one, one thing that I've, I've struggled with, one thing I've, I've went to a lot of other, uh, you know, uh, events that were supposed to be, you know, uh, men's christian you know strengthening events however you want to look at that um but over time it seems like it it's it tends to turn into a a a hangout a gathering um you know maybe the first couple are are go well and then you know it kind of before you know it there's not as much um uh 
Christian content as much uh, helping one another, those kind of things. It, it kind of turns into uh, a hangout and, and not much um, Christian side of it. Uh, is, is that something you find yourself having to protect your ministry against, or is, is there a secret you've got that you've kept it from just becoming, a, uh, you know, groups of guys, you know, coming and hunting and, and doing the thing they would normally do on any other weekend? Yeah, so a couple different thoughts on that. Number one, you got to have the right schedule and agenda, and I'm real big on the agenda. Um, in the early days when we were just doing it with my Sunday school class, uh, we, <laughs> there was one time where a guy killed a, killed a nice buck on, on one of the first deer re- retreats we ever did. Well, guess what? We spent all night looking for that deer cause he shot it like three minutes before dark <laughs> <laughs> and we're all out there in the woods, uh, tracking this deer. And next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock and the manhood discussion never happened on that retreat. So, you know, what we do is we say, okay, on the agenda, when you look at the retreat on our website, there's an, ag- an agenda and it says at seven o'clock every night, we're going to do this manhood discussion and everyone's expected to be present for the manhood discussion. So if you shoot a deer in the evening, we're not going to look for your deer. We're going to let it lay. We're going to go back and we're going to eat dinner and then have our manhood discussion. And then at nine 30 or 10 o'clock that night, we'll go out there and we'll retrieve your deer. So being real clear up front with guys that, Hey, this is a ministry. The manhood discussion is the most important part of the weekend, and we're not going to miss it. You, we, we try to be real clear with that up front. And then the second thought about that is, you know, having different people come on different streets so that it's not the same group of guys over and over again. And social media does that for us. When we when we post a retreat on our website and then we, we blast it out on Facebook, hey, we just, we just posted our Ohio rut hunt, you know, November 7 through 10 we'll have people from five different States that'll book that retreat. And then we'll have a couple, two from here, three from there, one guy from here, you know what I mean? So they, it kind of helps that they don't all know each other because you're more willing to take off your camo uh, with guys, maybe that you've only known for a day or two, instead of some guy that you've gone to church with your whole life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. You have to, I, I, go back to that word you you used a few times earlier it was intentional um and right. i i think that's kind of what i heard there is you you you're intentional with with how things are going to operate uh over the weekend but yeah that that was always uh you know i, I might go to a different uh church and and leave a little bit disappointed because you know everybody sat around and talked about football and and had had sausage biscuits and then next thing you know it was over and uh, but then when we started doing those within our church, I noticed it was it was really hard to to stay on top of that uh, because people uh, tend to just like to talk about whatever you know is going on at that moment, and then they're ready to leave. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that that would be uh, uh, a very intentional thing, and it sounds like you've done a great job at that. Um, one last question before we before we go, and this is one that uh, usually if I get to uh, interview anyone, um, I try to close with this question just because I never know who's who's listening to this podcast. And you know, a lot of times when it's just me and my wife, we I think we have a lot of the same listeners. But a lot of times, if we bring a guest on, uh, we'll get listeners that that come in just because of that guest or because of the topic. And uh, that question is. 
if there's somebody listening today that uh, that is not a believer, uh, doesn't go to church, doesn't care about church, and they're saying, you know, my life's pretty good right now. I don't know why I need all that stuff. Um, what would you want to say to that to that guy? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. Um, you may feel like everything's going well right now in your life. <clears throat> There's going to come a time when it's not always going well. Uh, we actually give away crosses in our ministry, and and a guy who won uh, one of the he won one of those seasons on Forged in Fire, the TV show. Mm-hmm. He he built he makes the he forges these crosses for us, and it's it's steel. And I asked him, I said, Derek, how hot does the steel have to be for you to be able to shape it? And he said, well, it really has to be a, right at 1100 degrees for me to be able to shape it. He said, if it, if you get up to like 1130 degrees, you're going to incinerate it. But if you're at 1050 degrees, it's not hot enough to shape it. Well, there's going to come a time in your life as a man when God's going to turn the heat up. Not hot enough to incinerate you, but hot enough to where he can shape you into the image that he wants you to be. He's he's using things in your life, divorce, loss of a job, loss of a child, uh, whatever the circumstances are. He's using those to shape you. We're all being shaped by something. The question is, are we willing to allow God to shape us? And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I tell guys, you're never going to be the father that you want to be. You're never going to be the husband that you need to be until you have that relationship with God. It all starts with that relationship because there's no there's no good in me. I am sinful. And deep down, as men, all of us struggle with the same things and pretend that we don't. But we have these struggles. We have these sins. And I can't beat it on my own. What Christ did for me on the cross, he put up his righteousness and he gives that to, to me and he takes my sin. And that's what he died for on the cross. And we've got to understand that and accept that forgiveness. We've got to have that right relationship with God. And uh, anybody that's listening to this, if you'd like to talk more about that, if you'd like to go a little deeper. I know men, we're, you know, we're more like a crockpot, man. We have to marinate on something for, for six months before we really act upon it. But I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Just go to IronManOutdoors.org, and Patrick Tindall, my contact information is all right there on the website. Reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you more about that and, and solidify that relationship with Christ. And, uh, and then, things, then things change. And then when the heat gets turned up, you'll know that it's for a purpose and you're being shaped, and you're being shaped by God, not, not other forces. So uh, – that's what I would say, Shane. All right, that and that is that is uh, as good as you can as it can be said. Um, in there, um, you you give out your your uh, your website address, so uh, I encourage our listeners to to write that down. You might be listening today and think, well, that sounds good for somebody, but at you know at some point it might be you and and uh, yeah. So so make note of that and. Uh, um, you know, Patrick, we really appreciate you being with us today, and uh, we really appreciate what you're doing for the kingdom. Um, you know, ministry outside the walls of the church is 
is something that uh, that I believe is overlooked a lot of times. But that's where that's where the the people are, um, and uh, to see someone doing ministry the way that you're doing it, I just uh, you know I congratulate you on on the success, uh, knowing that uh, that God's got His hand on on what you're doing, and it's it's very evident, and and that you're you're going about it uh, the way that uh, he's instructed you to do. And um, so we just, we thank you for coming on, sharing your, your story with us today, uh, sharing a little bit about your ministry and encourage uh, any of our listeners to, to look into the retreats and, um, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, some, maybe if you're, if you're a believer listening and you got a, you know, a, a son or a, a father or whoever that's, that's, not quite made that decision yet you know one of these retreats might be just the thing so um thank you for being with us absolutely man it's been my honor to to be on here and if i can ever do anything for you or anybody that's listening to it just please just reach out all right and we uh encourage all of our our listeners to keep jesus center stage in your life